Well, hey, 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 I know, right? Uh, I figured yeah. I would try a new intro this time. Ooh, that was, that was exciting. Um, it goes a little something like that. Well, that yeah. was that was an exciting intro. I call I it. Feel excited now. Hey, um, it's, it's for horses fun. in parentheses. Um, ah, but anyway, so that's my intro. Welcome back to the Russell Brothers Sports Podcast. Welcome, people. Wow. Wow. Um, episode two weeks exact four. Quattro. That's, that's big. That's like one more than three. It is. We're getting close to the point where I need to use my second hand to count it on fingers. Oh my goodness. We're getting beyond the point. Uh, maybe, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Jack White. He says oh. three, three is the lowest complete number. Uh-huh. So maybe he views our podcast now as like, it's already a thing because it's already been three. So we're like on beyond the lowest completeness now. So we're Dude, like yeah. one level beyond mm-hmm. the Jack lowest White, amount of Jack White, friend numbers. of the show, you know. Yeah. He's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a really Shout clo- Jack close White. friend. Yeah. No, he's listening right now. <laughs> What's up, dude? Appreciate it. Appreciate the listen. Indeed, indeed, yeah. Thanks, man. This one goes out to you. Great. Cool. Okay. Well, here we are. Let's uh, let's do some news flash. Indeed, let's. Okay. How uh, fast? How fast do you think we should do the news flash? I, I, I'm thinking like in a flash. <laughs> let's do it. All right. Okay. Uh, so first of all, this is germane to last uh, podcast topic. But uh, Nick's, I don't even know this guy's first name, didn't write it down. Anyway, player from UCLA uh, committed to the play in the G League, uh, which is significant because, well, we talked about the G League last podcast, but also he's the first one to have backed out in the letter of intent. So he signed a letter of intent to go to UCLA. Apparently did this a while ago and now has reversed course and said, nope, going to the G League. Um Whereas you know, Jalen Green and who's the other guy did not actually sign letters of intent. Isaiah Todd. Isaiah Todd. Good. Yes. Good memory. Yeah. Yes. Um, Brain power. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. Number dose. Also germane to last week is that the NCAA released um, a new I don't know what we call it statement briefing on national or no name image and likeness or NIL. Um, I don't know, topic, guideline. Apparently it's like this 30-some page document that Neil Brown said he has to read several times to make sense of. So if he has to read it several times to make sense of, I'm sure other guys have to read it like that many more times to make sense of. Props Neil Brown. I know you're probably listening to us too. Um, But uh, yeah, so it seems like maybe just the start of something new, Mm -hmm. as, as some people might say. This could be the start of something new. Yeah, it opens up a whole new can of worms in, in terms of, um, you know, the, the line between amateur athletes and professional maybe being yeah. more blurred now or moving into a new realm um, compared to what it was in the past. Indeed, yeah. We will see what the future holds in terms of that, but, you know, it's interesting. Any hoozle, um, in terms of things that are not germane to our last episode, um, but still noteworthy news... The United States women's soccer players, I believe. So there's the women, there's like the organization of youth, like USA soccer. Mm-hmm. And then there's the players group that was going through the process of litigating against the organization for discrimination in terms of like pay um, and team accommodations and a whole variety of things, um, field, like 
surfaces and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and last week, a verdict was handed down by a judge that basically ruled against the players, said that there was not discrimination, again, according to this ruling, uh, in most of the fields, by my... Most of the terms of the litigation. Not I don't know. I'm, not, yeah, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I have no clue how most of this works. Um, I'm less aware. Yeah, my understanding, though, is that the only thing that is still to be decided is in terms of, like, accommodations, is my understanding, is, like, hotels the team was to stay at and XYZ, th- things of that nature. Yeah, I don't know enough about the case to say whether or not it's a surprising outcome i think it's maybe disheartening disappointing yeah if you look at the like granted anecdotal but like very strong evidence from all these women's soccer players who and their and their communication with the men's soccer team and even the men's soccer team put out a statement they're like yeah we support this like we don't clearly discrimination is bad Mm -hmm. um and i mean is equal pay part of the part of the equation here are they suing on yes on the basis of equal pay yes that's part of it and by my understanding the reason the judge like shot it down mm-hmm. is that it was chalked up to not discrimination but to differences relative differences in the collective bargaining agreement between the women's soccer team mm-hmm. and the men's soccer team mm-hmm. which I don't know, on the surface seems like an excuse for like a second layer of, it seems like using the fact that discrimination is more institutionalized Mm -hmm. as a means to like, let it continue to exist rather than dealing with it through this process. Again, I don't know enough about the case to like really speak intelligently on it, but Mm -hmm. yeah, that's really interesting. It should be a topic for another show maybe yeah because then i'm thinking of like well obviously there's a huge pay gap between if you say like the wnba and the nba but if you look at like the tv revenue like the contracts that the nba makes like the amount of revenue the nba makes compared to the wnba like there's no way the wnba could afford to play pay its players what the nba can and what these teams can mm-hmm. so you gotta know it's an interesting interesting yeah. topic it's also again I have, I have no clue about any of the legal stuff behind this but mm-hmm. I would imagine that being like the official United States soccer federation or yeah, something different than the... also carries maybe more burden with it. Right. Um, there's also the, also I believe, only... fact that the U.S. women's team is more like productive, more <laughs> produces more revenue than the men's team. Oh, yeah. Um, way more successful. Like, yeah, way more successful, way more well-known, way more popular. Yeah, exactly. So... We'll see what happens with the stuff that still has to be settled, but I'm sure the fight goes on still, though. So. Indeed. Yeah, I think that's often the case with these legal cases. Even if you don't, the case, the legal case. <laughs> Even if you don't win the case, it's more of a social awareness type thing, maybe. You know? Is it yeah. something we'll talk about now? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about it. Certainly, so yeah, exactly. Yes. But, um... That's that's the way it is. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Korean baseball. Right. What's yes. that? Um, haha. <laughs> Notice that I forgot that I was supposed to introduce this that's next topic. Haha. <laughs> anyway. Um, yes. Korean baseball. What? 
Um, no, I mean, it's a thing. People know about it being a thing. But now, in the times of COVID, Ooh, it's still a thing. It's totally a thing. Um, yes, there is now being aired in the United States, probably like anywhere that anyone pays attention to baseball, I yeah. would imagine. Cause... Look in the newspaper. Is ESPN, ABC, likely culprits because of the same thing. Yeah, the, they are the same. Yeah, <laughs> showing these live games at four thirty a.m. Yeah, exactly. So if if you're craving live sports, they exist at four a.m. Um, I wonder if their uniforms have uh, logos on them, like as in like sponsorship logos. Yeah, I don't. I think they might. No, I honestly did not the first really look into it too much. Yeah, I didn't um, either. because I. I'm not going to be paying attention to Korean baseball. Yeah, I'm I'm not really interested. But, yeah, I feel like... Okay, this is kind of going out on a limb with a thing that I don't really understand. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure, based on the, like, logos that I've seen, Mm -hmm. they... It reminds me of Little League a little bit, in the sense that it's, like, a template. But, like, Mm -hmm. the logo is a template, too. It's, like, the same... There's, like, a baseball, like, in the back, and then it's, like, a different name in front of that. Interesting. Um, and they're all just like different animal mascots. Right, right. Um, I don't really know though. I think I remember from my 1999 Starstruck magazine that I've been missing now for like six years was kind of um, is annoying. I think mom recycled it at some point. Um, <laughs> that's okay, mom. I still love you. But uh, I still have like the 2002 edition that I got my Christmas stocking. But I'm pretty sure in the 1999 edition, they had these baseball leagues from around the world, like these different caps, uh-huh. and there were template-like logos at that time. Like, I can't tell you what leagues or whatever, but I look, I poured over that so much in my youth uh-huh. that I feel like that's a thing. Like, yeah, I think I recall that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah I think it's a thing. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe yeah. If, the, if no other sports start after, like, three months and we're still just sitting around... Eventually, I'll start paying attention to Korean baseball. Yeah, we could do a Korean baseball yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. Nothing against Korean baseball. Just yeah, I'm sure they have a fine league. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not worth it for four thirty in the morning. Sorry, I value my sleep. Indeed. In other news, the NFL today, this is Friday, May eighth, uh, released their schedule. Uh, exciting, not really. Um, it's like a big to do every year, and I really like don't care that much. Also, I think you could figure out what I mean, not the dates, but you know based on their formula, like what teams are going to play the next year. Yeah. I think. Um, but I, th- I think this is significant for two reasons. One, it's the last year that it's a 16-game schedule. Next year it's going to be a 17-game regular season. Two, uh, in terms of current events, they've built into this schedule um, apparently these, these uh, I don't know um, what the word is here. The contingency plans, basically? Exactly, that's yeah. definitely the word, contingency plans. For example, it's like week four or something that there are no divisional games, so they could huh. uh, nix that uh, week of the season without without um, affecting divisional races. And they have uh, all these plans to, like, if they have to delay the start of the season, they could move these weeks back to the back end of the season. Uh-huh. So it seems like it was... Um, you know, uh, an intentional, intentionally scheduled with um, these plans in mind. So that's kind of interesting to me. Yeah, that. that's cool. Checks out. Smart thing to do. There it is. Um, yep. Well, fun. We'll see if, we'll see if the season starts. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Speaking of which. So, yeah, speaking of seasons starting, um, for our kind of main topic today, we decided to delve into maybe the sports that would be happening right now in some Being crazy alternate reality. Yeah, wow. Um, Pre-COVID world. I know, right? Yeah. As of December 2019, if you would have asked me 
what professional sports will be going on May 8th, 2020, um, yeah. what I would have told you. And so those are namely in the United States, um, hockey, NHL, NBA basketball, both of which would be in the playoffs at this point. Let's go. And think of it. Major League Baseball. Let's go. It's a high fly ball to right field. Uh, going, going. Clear the deck. Cannonball coming. It's gone. I'm, I'm like crying on the inside right now. That's like the season itself. <laughs> it's gone. Uh, For the time being. We'll see. Um, yes, yeah, so let's discuss. Great. Will the season be gone? Mm. Will, will they return back to the field or the rink? Will there be a summer classic in the NHL? Stay tuned to find out. Right now, there's not an ad. We're, we're just going to go next. Uh, okay. Oh, no ads. Yay. Yay. Um, See, that's why you listen to this podcast. I know, right? The ad-free paradise. Let's go. So the and NHL. let's go to the NHL. Yes, indeed. So um, the NHL paused its season on March 12th, 2020. That's when the dominoes started falling. Indeed, yeah. And so, so anyway, here we are. Since that day, the dominoes have been pretty static. They're, they've, there have been a couple of different plans and stuff talked about, um, as they have with all three of these leagues. Yeah. But, uh, proposals to do these like pod or like bubble city, yeah, bubble city. restarts. What about North like Dakota the, on the map? Yeah. I was going to say the North Dakota, <laughs> North Dakota, Dakota plan. plan. Um, everyone move there. It's cold enough. And just finish just the screams season. Screams hockey. Oh, yeah, exactly. Hacky. Hacky moms. Yeah. Right we should just export the whole thing to, like, Canada. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, that's not actually what I think. But, yeah, and now, just in the past couple of days, yesterday, today, I'm reading, there, there seems to be now more of a trend to favor this 24-team playoff kind of format. Mm-hmm. is now more what the league seems to be driving towards as their like structure for restarting and finishing off the season. Um, I, th- I would say if, from from at least my impression, if they can't actually finish the regular season. So it seems it seems to me that, um, and again, this is just from the impression I was getting mm-hmm. that they're, and if, I think they officially said this, like they, they're making a priority to finish the regular season, mm-hmm. although they're admitting they might have to shorten the regular season. Most teams have anywhere from 10 to 14 games remaining. Yes. Uh, but if they do need to forego the rest of the season, then they're looking at um, at a 24-team postseason model as compared to uh, other other plans to have a postseason yes. in a more traditional format. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, from what I understand, too, I understand the same thing as well. It's, it seems like that's the case, although... It, it does seem less likely, I, I, I would venture to say, that the full se- the season would be able to play it out. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. So I, I guess maybe that begs the question, Do you, what do you expect? Yeah, I, I guess I was kind of surprised to, just in the things I've been reading about the NHL, mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't be surprised. They seem pretty gun-ho about this. They're they like, do. Yeah, we're, we're going, we're, we're doing this. Um, it seems like as of today... There's this uh, report that went out, um, like a memo that the NHL sent to all the teams, mm-hmm. uh, I think, that said, like, hey, we're, uh, be prepared. We think we want to move the draft up. So the draft was, yeah. like, late July in Montreal. We want to move it up to June 2nd. I wrote it down somewhere. 
um, and have this virtual draft. Yeah, sometime in early June. Right. Uh-huh. To make room to restart the season in late June slash early July. Uh-huh. Um, all the things I'm, re- yeah, they say like, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're, we're, we're all about this. It seems like, uh, and and this is the case for, for I think, the NBA and major leagues as well. It seems like these are best case scenarios. So yes. I'm reading that they're targeting open facilities sometime in late May, which would mean returning to play sometime in late June. It seems like that would be the earliest possible that would happen. Uh-huh. But it seems like they're definitely all about this. And they have you know, several different playoff scenarios that people have talked about in place. So it seems like the NHL is like full steam ahead in terms of completing this past season. Um, yeah. So just compare, just just based on the feeling I get from reading all this stuff, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna happen. I think they're gonna find a way to finish their season. Um, whether or not I think that is a good idea. Well, first of all, I will say, I think there are some hurdles that you're not seeing in a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, more so than the NBA or the major leagues where you just have one team in Toronto in each of those leagues. In the NHL, you have all these Canadian teams. Yeah. And you have very strict guidelines in terms of people entering and leaving one country uh, to go to the next, to, so U.S. to Canada or vice versa. Yeah. Um, so what are you, you – know, are, are they going to, you know – make exceptions to those guidelines for these players? I think that's a huge question. Just one of uh-huh. many that uh, seems like isn't really being addressed by the NHL. And personally, I think this... Like, at this point, if, if you're going to start the season, resume the season late June at the earliest, probably not until July, uh-huh. you're running into the next season. Yeah, Because exactly. your format... If you're going to this playoff format, you have a 24-team te- post- postseason model. That's a ridiculously long postseason potentially longer than the one they already have now they're probably gonna uh, modify that yeah my, i imagine they would shorten the, the series. series right that seems to be almost implied in all of these plans about like alternative playoff structures mm-hmm. um not just for the nhl um, right. but for um the nba too from what i understand mm-hmm. is they're kind of talking about like oh if we're gonna like go straight into the playoffs or whatever um if that's what has to happen they would try to modify it in a way to make it faster. Right. right. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just seems like they are, um, they're going to finish it, but it's, it's running into the next season. Yep. And I think kind of um, a fundamental truth here is that we went into a, a post-COVID world very quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, like March 11th to March 13th was like night and day in terms of what the world was. You know, even if you look that week, like going into that week to the end of that week was just completely, completely different. It happened very quickly. Yeah. And it's not going to be the the same on the back end of this. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be years that we kind of take to slowly work our way out of this. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to just completely do away with risk, right? There's going to be yeah. some, some um, risk involved no matter what. Mm-hmm. And... It seems to me, like I, just in my mind, I think like you look at college basketball. College basketball very abruptly just said, that's it. So all college sports, right, very abruptly said, that's it. Yep. Which is terrible for those athletes, for those coaches, for everyone involved, for fans. But you 
Uh, ter- terrible in the terms of, you know, like, sports and doing what you want to do. Yeah. Um, not in terms of health, you know, obviously it had to be done. Um, uh-huh. But there's there there was no guessing game there. You know, it's like, very clearly, okay, that's it. Like, we're done. Decisive. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you don't leave people hanging. Like, people just know now, okay, we're going to work on the next season, which is very much a thing now for, you know, football, basketball, other fall sports in college. Um, you know, they're very much focused on, you know, can they do this next season, whatever. But that's the question. Yeah. It's not like, oh, what, what can we do to finish this? Uh-huh. Whereas it seems like now with the NHL and the NBA, you're at a point where the playoffs would be, um, you know, in full swing uh, right now. And the NHL, they'd probably be, what's well, more than half done. Yeah, they, probably like conference, conference finals, finals at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, if, if we're looking at the earliest possibly resuming the season in late June, obviously you're affecting next season. It seems to me yeah. like, the, in my mind, the be- the best scenario would be to be to say, okay, sorry, not gonna have an NHL, uh, not gonna have a Stanley Cup champion this year. It's not like it hasn't happened before. I remember uh-huh. the lockout season where they skipped an entire season, um, so it, it's not unprecedented. Let's just concentrate on how can we make next season a thing, yeah. and not worry about finishing this season to the point where you're already affecting next season. That's my personal thought about it. Mm-hmm. However. That being said, I think they're going to finish it based on what I'm reading. Yeah, it, it seems like it. And I think one of the things that seems to be behind that is from what I was reading about, um, they just mentioned briefly the way the like NHL contracts are structured, basically. Um, something about their contract with like, TV rights mm-hmm. and deals where they, right, right. they're required to fulfill something. Mm-hmm. In terms of games, mm-hmm. otherwise, they would basically like forfeit the season mm-hmm. and have to. He's reading about contracts. And not yeah, not receive any TV revenue the following season, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I think I agree with you, from the one thousand foot overview perspective. Whatever. We'll go. What there. do people say? One thousand foot, ten thousand feet. I don't know. Whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know distances. Um, I do know that I think, yes, from a, from a, from a veritable, um, a veritable mile, perhaps, um, metric mile. Yes, exactly. The idea of, yeah, just forget about this season, move on to the next one. Um, but I guess with the way this, the finances are structured, it could be that forgetting about this season and moving on to the next one is necessarily like super detrimental right. for the next one right. which is why they have to really put all this effort mm. in and I, I completely agree Wise with you what you were saying Wise earlier mm. about it seems like the NHL is super gung-ho about this and they're like mm. we're, we're gonna get this we're gonna make this thing happen which is such an NHL um, thing to do I think like it, it it really reminds me of their approach to like injury mm-hmm. and the fact that in the pl- <laughs> like they only disclose like upper body and lower body injury Whereas even the yeah. NFL, whereas concussions are so much more of a thing, but it's so much like, oh, concussion, 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 like that's such a thing. Yeah. Whereas the NHL can just say like, oh, yeah, he's hurt, uh, game time decision, like whatever. Uh-huh. Um, it just seems so like laissez-faire compared to other sports. Yeah. And, which is almost kind of puzzling, I've always thought, because like, yeah, I get that it's way less popular than like the NBA or the NFL, uh-huh. but it's not like it's there are no fans. Like this is, you know, a, a pretty big thing for a lot of people. Yeah, um, I guess it's also kind of the mentality of the hockey fan, like the stereotypical mentality is like, yeah, we're gonna do this thing. Whatever. Yeah, probably. Um, so it seems like they're approaching this kind of the same way. Um, uh huh. But yeah. for what it's worth, 
it doesn't surprise me, I guess, that they have this mentality compared to like the NBA. When we talk about the NBA, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the Caps, I guess maybe I'm also a little selfish in my NHL um, wishes because I'm very uh, conscious of the fact that the two best teams in the East might be, or maybe all the NHL might be, the Capitals and the Flyers. And they are my two least favorite teams in hockey. Yeah. I feel like each of them probably have a better chance at this point than w- of winning the Stanley Cup than the Penguins. I don't know. Um, uh-huh. y- you know, like a month before the season was halted, I would have said maybe not so. Maybe not. Maybe not so. The Penguins were so good; they were looking so strong, and then they made that trade, and they've been like crap since then. Uh-huh. And uh, and the Caps haven't been like amazing, but they beat the Penguins twice since then. And the Flyers have been like unstoppable. They were, since yeah. Then. I forget even who they tra- they made that big trade right before the deadline. And, you know, it, it made sense as a win-now trade, but maybe it's, I don't know, that chemistry thing you got to consider because they were wicked hot before the trade, and then after the trade, they just yeah win a game. Lost the Caps twice by, you know, pretty convincingly. Mm-hmm. It could Whereas, also just be unfortunate timing. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's often a thing where teams will be hot. Um, it, for anyone who's a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, mm-hmm. you will be very well aware of the dangers of trading for someone because your team looks hot and then being stuck with Chris Archer for two years and no longer having any prospects or a GM or a manager. Um, but that's beside uh, the point. Man. Right. <laughs> I'm not salty. Anyway. Um. He's salty. Um. <laughs> they ask you how you are and you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would never understand. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I think I honestly... I'm intrigued by the 2014 playoff thing. I yeah. I don't really want the regular season to resume. Um, mm-hmm. Again, yeah, because similarly to you, I think the effects I would have in next season. Like, reading through this, you're also reading things where, like, one headline is them talking about the proposals for this thing. The next headline is, like, ah, oh, they're planning on starting this next season in December mm-hmm. instead of earlier. Um, on the assumption that they're going to do something over the summer to finish the season. Right. Um, to finish this season. So, yeah, I think the shorter you can make this, whatever you want to do to try to finish this year, the the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't imagine as a player, just psychologically, that I'm ready to play 10 to 14 more regular season games yeah. after these, what's going to be, what, three months off? Uh-huh. Like that just seems kind of weird to... Yeah, I, I think sure. like I'd be totally ready to, okay, uh-huh. let's figure out this playoff thing. Yeah. Kind of champion, move yeah. on the next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I Just in general, though, on the surface, I totally... Again, it seems like they they want to make it happen, and I guess... Mm-hmm. They're going to find a if way. If they have enough um, willpower in that regard, they're going to do something. Mm-hmm. So, well, we'll see, uh, see how the puck falls here. Let's mm-hmm. see, man. As we go forward in this COVID world, yeah. so um, shall we? Shall we talk about the other playoff sport that would be happening right now? Oh, let's. Okay. My favorite. Exactly, John's favorite sport. Yeah. Uh, favorite professional league, the NBA, also known as NBA. Wow. Okay. I love the NBA. Great, great. Yeah, and, and yeah, for those of you who uh, have been listening to our previous podcast, you know that. Great. So, NBA. So. Yeah, we would be in the playoffs right now. They tend to be a, a week or two behind the NHL in terms of their schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, in a way, more going on right now in the NBA. So recently, 
uh, as of today, again, Friday, May 8th, um, st- states that have lifted stay-at-home orders, yep. the NBA is allowing teams to go to their facility. They're allowing teams to open their facilities. Yes. Um, under these very strict guidelines. Yes. Um, so apparently Cleveland and Portland were to open their facilities today. Denver, I saw some support saying they, they were and then initially, and then maybe it turns out they're not. Um, Mark Cuban said he's not opening that facility, even though the uh, even though Texas has lifted their stay-at-home order. Um, yep. Anyway, so so they're starting this process um, of reopening facilities, which the NHL has not done yet. So that's like the news of now, I guess. It seems like they're also floating these ideas that have, you know, NHL type ideas. So this bubble city idea seems um, again to to be something that was talked about. It seemed to be bigger like a week ago or so, where these all, all these teams could congregate in one place, play out the remainder of the season in one city. Um, yeah, we've seen versions of that in all these sports. It seems like that has lost a lot of traction. It seems like it's yeah. more or less off the table um, at this point. Um, yep. Today, this afternoon apparently, there's going to be this big call between Adam Silver, um, whatever her name is, the MBPA executive director, Michelle Roberts, uh-huh. and like all the players yeah. in the NBA. Can't imagine what that Zoom calls can look like. <laughs> like they have like postage stamp size. No, it's like one one seventy second of a postage stamp size. Like they fit on one screen. Like yeah. all the NBA players. Each, each each person's face gets like four pixels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it's not how Zoom works. You, you scroll back and forth. But it could take you like fifteen minutes to scroll through <laughs> all the NBA players. Um, anyway, so yeah, they're supposed to have this big call. So yeah, by the time this podcast is actually produced and people can listen to it, we might be knowing a lot more yeah. about this and about all these sports. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of a day day to day thing. Yeah, it just seems seems like you know it's a very. I, I would say after after reading through all these leagues, that the NBA is. I must say that, that they seem to be taking a very professional approach to this in terms of like, okay, we're not committing to anything. They're very hesitant to commit to anything. Yeah. Um, Adam Silver had this quote where he said like, oh the. I don't know, the commissioner before him, who's his mentor, always mm-hmm. told him, don't make a decision until you have to because it'll probably be made for you. Yeah, but, I read that. Yeah, those are actually pretty wise words. Like, that it's, makes sense. Um, yeah, I think, I think, in, I think there are two context, sides to that coin. Yes. Right. In this context. In this context, sense. yeah. That, that I think Adam Silver's out. handling pretty well. Um, I think mm-hmm. that they are, they're being, just from reading things, they're being way more cautious than the NHL about it. And Yeah, I think it's... I have a couple of thoughts on that, I guess, though. Mm-hmm. I, it seems to me that there are a couple of things about the NBA, also, again, compared to the NHL, mm-hmm. where they are definitely being more cautious about this and taking, like, a more, I guess, quote-unquote, like, level-headed approach to this sort of thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think maybe underlying that are some missteps, like, politically... Yes, and like um, the whole Bill De Blasio thing. Yeah, and like financial flexibility. Um, right. Again, compared to the NHL, right. uh, from what I understand, it's not the same thing TV contract wise mm-hmm. um, between the NBA compared to the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not quite that same financial impetus to really right. make this thing happen. Right. Um, and then, yeah, the, like testing. Like there is the things in the news where the NBA is like telling their teams like no you are not supposed to test mm-hmm. players if they're asymptomatic or anyone in the organization if they're right. asymptomatic or whatever um there were a couple exceptions to that in a few cities I think but just recently they started to make exceptions to that yeah exactly but it seems like the, the the 
to me, the image that is being given off Mm -hmm. is that the NBA um, has, like, the finances and, like, the influence, I guess, to get all this testing and, like, all these things if they want it. Exactly, yeah. And they're kind of, yeah, exactly. Like, to prevent public outcry, they're basically being made not to do that Mm -hmm. because otherwise everyone would be like, like, this is clearly ridiculous. Like, why... Why do they get to do all this, right. these extra things um, that everyone else doesn't? Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, which maybe there were a few missteps early on. And they were the, I mean, like, like we were saying, Rudy Gobert. Like the NBA was the league that publicly had the... Suspended their season. Yeah, exactly. They were the first There's the dramatic, the like, oh, this game got started, got canceled right before it started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of... Makes sense. They're kind of the um, epicenter. Yeah, exactly. In, in like sports. the poster child for like hey we need to take this seriously right um yeah so i think that's a lot of what's going into it of course then right. the result of that is that yes now they're being way more cautious about it and i think i mean this is just it, it seems to the extent where i don't expect the nba to return um i 100 percent agree I, I, same thing. It, it just looks like just from everything i read yeah. It seems like the feeling is so much different than the NHL or the major leagues will talk about. It seems like it's very much like, eh, we're just not so sure about this. It seems like Adam Silver and um, Michelle Roberts are both very aware that the players are not necessarily on board with a lot of these ideas. Yeah. And there are all these hoops that have to be jumped through. Unlike the NHL, which I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the NHL, is, every player is supposed to be quarantining with his or her family. Whereas in the NBA, you have all the, uh, some international players like uh, Doncic, if I say his name. I think so. Luka Doncic for the yeah. um, Mavs, who flew home, right? Uh-huh. So he'd have to come back here, quarantine, uh-huh. and then start uh, you know, like a, a training camp, whatever that would look like, before you can even start the season again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess the difference between the NHL and the NBA is like the will of the league, it seems like at this point, to really set the wheels in motion. Um, mm-hmm. It just seems like, yeah, they aren't there as much for the NBA. Yeah. And yeah, it might make more sense in their part to, to just pick up the pieces and focus on next season. Mm-hmm. I think if I were Adam Silver, it would, it would be a lot of peace of mind on my part. Like, okay, I can just focus on next season. Like, how are we going to make this happen? What's yeah. the NBA going to look like next year? And my, my one thought was like, oh, fans will be like, oh, we didn't crown an NBA champion. Oh, darn. But, Fans are going to be there no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, Okay, I maybe shouldn't say that. They're not going to be at the games. I think, <laughs> we haven't mentioned this, but I think with all these, no matter what the league is, at least initially, the idea is no fans. Yes, that's, exactly. That's, yeah. that's become a foregone conclusion. Yes. Um, um, which is, yeah, But, uh-huh. you know, whether it's the tip-off of the 2020-21 NBA season or a resumption of this season, people are going to be watching it and talking about it. Like, it doesn't matter if it's this playoffs or beginning of next season. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I agree with you. I don't see it happening. Uh-huh. It's also from some of the rhetoric too, seems like, yeah, again, from the players, like you were talking about, it seems like the players are not really as behind this. Mm-hmm. And like the quote from Roberts, that's her name. Yeah. The, Michelle, Roberts, uh, yeah. Michelle Roberts. It was like, she was describing when it was the idea of like bubble cities, the, it's like a penitentiary basically. Yeah. Where it was like. The hypothesis is like, do you have armed guards like right. preventing people from real like really enforcing these sorts of things? Mm-hmm. She's like, that sounds more like incarceration than incarceration, it does yeah. quarantine or whatever. Right. But if you don't do that, 
like is it there's no way there's to no guarantee. yeah exactly the, the the phrase was like guaranteeing mm-hmm. that that would prevent people from getting sick right which like i mean china the, china tried to do that in the early days of the of the pan of the you know pandemic that uh, didn't work yeah no it, it, it seems never, like never like really a guarantee works. is an impossible standard to right. reach right. and if that's what the nba is looking for to restart then yeah there, there's there's no way the season's gonna happen um so i think they have to readjust that because they're never you're not gonna have a guarantee by the next season oh yeah no not so. at all it's yeah i mean if it seems like that's they're they're being so cautious to the point where that's sort of the standard they're working with mm-hmm. and that's nothing you're ever going to achieve so at least for the time being yeah now for the um, foreseeable future mm-hmm. it's post-covid-19 world indeed but did you see where steve kerr said a few weeks ago and he came under like fire for this for saying like oh yeah we're basically in off-season mode right now because they've been eliminated from the playoffs yeah like, i saw oh, that and all these uh-huh. people like oh that's terrible but i don't think it's terrible I mean, it's yeah no i don't either <laughs> yeah and it's probably very honest too like uh-huh. yeah if i were playing for the warriors right now and we were awful and their season came to an abrupt halt of course we'd be in off-season mode right yeah now. like really why would you care uh-huh Yep, anyway. agreed. Also, did you have like so much trouble just like getting to articles about things that you wanted to because all of the NBA news is just like random opinion pieces about the Michael Jordan documentary? Oh, that is, that is definitely the headlines. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. When, oh, you, like, when you pull up like on ESPN or CBS, like NBA stories, uh-huh. uh, yeah, like maybe you see one on the first page you pull up that has anything to do with the season restarting. And yeah, all the rest of them are Michael Jordan. Yeah, everything is... Last Dance. What if Michael Jordan would have played for the 98-99 season? Yeah. What What does Dennis Rodman think about fill in the blank? (laughs) Right. Um, What does Steve Kerr think about fill in the blank? What does Scottie Pippen think about fill in the blank? Will Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan's relationship be be repaired? Those like relationship things. Ah, whatever. Uh, Yeah. Whatever. Then the the third league we promise... um, Major League Baseball, the one I care about most out of these, um, and maybe a unique scenario in this circumstance because, yes, like the NBA and the NHL, it would have been happening right now, but it's not that the the, the MLB season was not suspended, it never started. Um, And so it's kind of a different scenario, different situation. Similar things have happened. So, whenever it was around March twelfth as well, mm-hmm. um, spring training was paused, halted, suspended, whatever the appropriate word is. And since then, players have been just at home or whatever. Um, a little more than two weeks. Yeah. Right. Initially, they said the, op- the opening day will be uh, postponed by two weeks. Yeah. Is it uh, for, uh, by two weeks um, at least? At least. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Um, that was a bit of an understatement, I guess. Yeah. So there have been a few different proposals leaked about the MLB. Um, there's the Arizona plan um, where everyone goes to Arizona because they have a bunch of fields there for spring training and like quarantines and hotels and just... Just like Arizona. Plays circuits there. Let's go. Yeah. See some um, cacti. <laughs> some cool national parks in Arizona. Yeah. Major League Baseball. More like Cactus League, am I right? Oh. Um, and then <laughs> that wasn't even <laughs> funny. <laughs> the fact that it wasn't funny was kind of fun. Thank you. I take my pride in not. I take pride nice. in my humor coming from my lack of comedy. Nice. Um, uh, there also was Mr. the jokes hit though. Oh shucks, yeah. Uh, there's also the three hub plan. Yeah. Um, 
which was like maybe a variation um, where it's not everyone in Arizona, but you split the league into three different groups of 10 Mm -hmm. and put them in different cities and then like make those your, then they like have two divisions, I guess in each city, like which would involve like doing away or whatever. And then they like play interleague among those other people. I don't know all the details of it because it seems like it's kind of a far-fetched thing that's exactly. not really going to happen. Yeah. Um, even the Arizona thing, which had more traction and more talking about it, also seems like it's not going to happen. Right. Um, but yeah, at this point, it just seems like they're... From, from what I understand, some teams have informed their players to be, quote, like, preparing to play. This is not a direct quote because I don't have the quote written down, but... I'm I'm saying this to emphasize that they don't they haven't given like specific information about days or right. like this sort of thing like this is what's gonna happen they're just like be make ready sure you're getting ready to play yeah. um so what we should make of that I don't know there's a proposal expected to be given from the league to the um, players association within the next week mm-hmm. we'll see what that brings yeah they also they agreed. Again, because the season hasn't started, they were able to do some bargaining, I think, between the Players Association and the league to like set standards for what the season's going to look like. So they agreed to service time things. I think basically regardless of what happens, players who are on the roster will get their year of service time. Hmm. Um, is my understanding. I again, that that's... What's service sure. time? Um, service time. It's It has to deal with um, the way contracts are structured in major league baseball hmm. because they're transferable between like minor leagues and major leagues and you have like mm-hmm. minor league options and stuff um when you play in the major leagues i believe you accrue service time hmm. um and once you have a Never certain number of years of service time then you enter the arbitration cycle and hmm. so then you have i think it's three different years where you're eligible for arbitration before you enter free agency so basically, like, the the scale of ramping up your salary as you huh. um, become a more become more of a veteran in the league, basically. Huh. Um, and... I never knew that existed. Yeah, so my understanding is that regardless of whether anyone plays this year... They'll still count towards They will, yeah, time. any players who are, like, on the Major League roster will get their year of service time to hmm. help get them towards, like, arbitration. Um, anyway... Sounds- but yeah, and like prorated salaries based on so the number that, of games played yeah. this year um, is the other thing they have agreed to at this point. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I don't know. What are thoughts? Um, I think it'll be an interesting season. It seems like it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Maybe even more so than the NHL. I don't know. It seems like out of the two, the NHL and the major leagues are pretty much like, yep, this is gonna this is gonna go yeah. ahead. Um, I mean, early July for a season start dates being thrown out. Again, that seems like best case scenario. Yeah. It's like June spring training. Like um, June tenth was one date I saw. As, as you know, these are just hypotheticals, but yeah, spring um, training at home stadiums or whatever. Yeah. Is or, the thing I, the proposal I've seen recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it transitions be, uh, from spring training to start of the season to as the season progresses. Yeah. Um, there, are, yeah, a lot of ideas about maybe starting at spring training sites, then moving to home stadiums, uh-huh. starting with a three hub f- format, then going to home stadiums. It does say that they they um, it seems like they want to play as many games in their home cities as possible, which makes sense. 
Um, yeah. But, I mean, we're starting in July, uh, at the earliest it seems, which is when the All-Star break would be. Yep. So we're looking at like at a season that's half as long as the, as a normal season, mm-hmm. which, um, unlike the NHL and NBA, this is played outdoors, so you have like the winter to consider. Yeah. Um, it would If I were the major leagues, I'd try to... I try to get my whole season in in more or less the same time frame when like I try to have you know the World Series played in October when it normally would be yeah um, which to me adds a lot of intrigue to Major League Baseball to mm-hmm. me the the not maybe one knock on Major League Baseball as compared to say like college football is that to me in college football you can analyze every single game down to like every single play because there's so many fewer of them. Right, so like every play matters, every game really, really matters in yeah. terms of the result of the season, whether you're gonna have any chance to hoist a national championship trophy or not. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the major leagues, anyone play, I mean, you have 162 games, so you know you could lose 10 in a row and still be fine, like the Dodgers did two years ago yeah. at the end of the season. Um, and in fact, it's expected that if you go through exactly, you're gonna like go that. through yeah, something exactly. like that. So I think it'll be interesting that you're um, maybe going to see a format now where each game will be, you know, maybe twice uh, as much from a you know, math standpoint, be carry twice as much impact as it would in a normal season. Yeah. Um, that'll be interesting. And I wonder if there'll be more fan intrigue as well. Um, I think, A, you're going to have more fan intrigue because, oh, it's sports. Uh-huh. You need sports. <laughs> but two, people who wouldn't care as much. Um, now you have <laughs> such a... Um, compacted season that each game is going to carry that much more weight. Uh-huh. So if you know you lose ten games over that, now now that really really matters. Yeah, exactly. Well, mm-hmm. it's such a larger percentage of your season at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind sure. of intrigued by that, and mm-hmm. maybe like the long term ramifications of that. Like, does that change Major League Baseball in the future? And yeah. I think the same could be said for the NHL and the NBA. Yeah, what yeah, are the long term impacts of this? Uh huh. For sure, I, I'm very curious to see about it. With, I think, from. My what I understand and like as much as this would be feasible, it seems like in order to fit in more games like this, like we were talking about, they would try to get most of the season in, and I, I think definitely still plan for a World Series at the time in like in October mm-hmm. when it's planned for, scheduled for, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and to facilitate that, having a lot of like double headers, mm-hmm. um, which to me. Dude, that's great. I love yeah. double headers. I yeah. love daytime baseball. Um, that like screams just like awesome. That like that's the enjoy like the America's pastime Definitely. like thing of baseball. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just turn it on. Like baseball would be on like all day. Right. Dude, that'd be amazing. Um and I think then, yeah, it still though preserves even if you play 162 games in half the time because they're double headers all the time, they're interesting things in terms of what you do with like roster size mm-hmm. um, because necessarily you would have to expand rosters and do things because like pitchers are still going to need their full rest. Yeah. Even like hitters, players and stuff like the baseball season, 162 games is a lot of games and people get hurt throughout it. It's like expected. Right. Um, the injured list is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, yeah, they always talk about yeah, like how it's not just the 25, I think this season it was supposed to be 26-man roster hmm. now. Um, or is that next season? I don't know. That was a thing that before all this happened was like one of the big pieces of news. Anyway, but yeah, you get your rosters expanding. And then with that being the case, it's a different, <laughs> different ball game. 
Um, in terms of, yeah, it would be interesting to see what the effect of that would be. For sure. Um, and yeah, I think it definitely would make, cause it is still like, I feel like when teams get hot, mm-hmm. like it's because of the timing of the season right? like a player, if a player is really hot during like for two weeks or something, um, you now make that, that's maybe quote unquote twice as impactful. It's not going to correlate exactly, but because you're playing twice as many games in that two week period when this player is just like really seeing the ball well or something. Right. Um, and so it still has that, I feel like thing you're talking about where because of fewer games, like the value of each thing goes up. Mm-hmm. It's like, because it's a shorter period of time, the, the value and interest mm-hmm. of each individual day and in each game still is like goes up or is important or whatever. Right. Um, it, it anyway, almost, anyway, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I really pay more attention to college baseball than I do major league baseball. Uh-huh. And it seems like this is more, uh, it, it, it would occur in a time scale. There'd still be more games played, but it would, it would occur on a time scale similar to a college baseball season. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, months in which the game is being played, which yeah. is cool. Cause again, you know, college baseball, you can, you know, lose some games, but I think one of the appeals to me is each game is carries more weight than a major yeah, league for game. sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, and in that you you play like your the teams in your conference like you have two series maybe with each of them or even one one series, series one series. Yeah, yeah, I think in all the major conferences um, you have one series. Yeah. So. And then the tournament series. It's uh uh-huh, yeah, so very interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll see what the impacts are. We'll see what it brings, indeed. Um, I also thought I forget where I was reading this and um, and how it connected to this season. Maybe it was just some players and uh, player association and major leagues were having foresight to the twenty twenty one season, which uh-huh. is when the CBA runs out. So it's like a possibility for another lockout. Um, uh-huh. And I was like, oh wow, that could. I don't know. I guess that's yeah. It's cross one bridge. I time. think maybe also with all of these leagues, the one other thing, yeah, which. Maybe not so much with the NBA like we were talking about, but the agreement between the players and the league with being mm-hmm. able to do a thing. <laughs> that was that was really eloquent. The agreement to be able to do a thing. Um, the the like bargaining or the cooperation necessary between the league and the players right. yeah. to enable any of these plans to happen. Um is another point that I think we'll just have to see what happens with it yeah. in the future. But that's it's well interesting said. to think about and yeah, will be another wrinkle, I guess. Yeah. This. Yeah. Well, by the time this podcast is published, I'll probably be, this yeah, exactly. be out of date. <laughs> that's kind of what, what makes it exciting. It's yeah, exciting time to be a sports fan, I think in many, in many respects. Yeah. But one thing that never, uh, we can never tire of is uniforms. Indeed. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I I may tire of profiling sometimes, but I never tire of styling. So, baseball uniforms. For my good, I picked the Oakland Athletics, um, a team one Adam Rossi is particularly fond of. Go A's. Um, Swing A's. Yeah. But I... Um, was kind of looking, I started looking through the current uniforms to begin with. Um, I think we will have plenty of time, hopefully, in the future of this podcast to look at some past uniforms or future things that come out, maybe. 
Um, but for this, I kind of focused in on those. And a few things stand out to me. Um, first of all, baseball caps. Um, mm-hmm. If there's one thing that I really, really like in baseball caps, it is having the bill being a different color from the rest of the cap mm-hmm. and like having that complementary color thing going on, mm-hmm. um, which you see here in the A's um, caps Definitely. with the yellow bill and the green like hat part. Right. Um, I love that look. Right. I, if, the, if the Pirates hats, my favorite Pirate hat of all time is the one with the red bill. And mm-hmm. the thing, like, mm-hmm. uh, that's probably a controversial opinion, um, particularly among Pirates fans, but dude, I love it. So um, that's a great cap. That's a great cap. But just, yeah, the I, th- I think these are, I really like the color combination that the A's have. It's unique in the MLB for sure. Mm-hmm. When you look at just like, it kind of washes over you all of the red and blue, just looking mm-hmm. at the MLB teams in like a, a block. Mm-hmm. Um, but the A's stand out. I put some pictures in here with the socks. Um, yes. They're not stirrup socks. Thank you. Yes. But they're really, really cool. They've got these this yellow stripe pattern at the top. Definitely. They've got the A on the side of the socks. Mm-hmm. Um, I love in general when the players wear their socks in that fashion, like out rather than under the pants, you know? Amen, um, brother. Amen. Looks really good. And then... But yeah, speaking of the A, though... I love that logo. Um, I, I really like it on the uniforms, too, because it's it's kind of, I don't know how, exactly how to describe it, but basically the A on its own kind of has like an Old English sort of look, mm-hmm. feel to it with the little knobs kind of coming out the left-hand side sure. of it. It's very stylized sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But then it blends super well with the script of the rest of the athletics. Yep. Um, and then the roads, also the Oakland. I like the script of that. Mm-hmm. The trim of the yellow looks good. Mm-hmm. And I picked these uniforms. So in, I believe it was 2014, mm-hmm. from 2014 onward, they started wearing caps where they have a yellow outline around the white A's on their mm-hmm. cap. Um, even the road ones that don't have the yellow bills. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than just being the white on the green, mm-hmm. which... I think looks slightly better. I like the just the white. Um, I like it even better with this. Mm-hmm. The did I mention the? I don't know the, the sleeve logo, the little elephant. Oh yeah, um, the white elf. Amazing, uh, I love it, and I think it's both positioned well and sized well on these mm-hmm. uniforms. Yeah, the green belt and the yellow belt in that one photo too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that too. I don't know, just the whole thing. I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Swing an A's, baby. Uh, thank you. Thank you, my, my, my fine friend. Yeah. Go you A's. It. It's, yeah. Go A's. They're, uh, Great uniform. They're, they're styling. At least they dress well. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. yeah last pretty season, good. Last, I, last few seasons, they've been, it's been a fun to be an A's fan. Yeah. My whole life, really, it's been fun to be an A's fan. It's, I'm not going to lie. The A's always... Yeah. It was two years ago when they mm-hmm. lost to the Yankees in that uh, wild card game... They were, I think, the first team in Major League history to have the lowest payroll on opening day and make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And by the time the playoffs started, they had the third lowest payroll in the Major Leagues. Yeah. But Even if you're was, not um, directly an A's fan like you. Got to respect. I, I st- uh, yeah, I still like love the A's. Got to uh, respect their process. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Amen. Amen. Well, great. Go Athletics. Indeed. Anyway, on to my bad uniforms. So, I'm sticking in the AL, and these are the... 
Ooh. Seattle Mariners. Um, None of these existed. During, yeah, so this is a wow. thing that the MLB has done the past three seasons. Oh, um, This yeah. is the Players Weekend. Oh, this is rough. And so this is this is from 2018. This is the 2018 version of the Mariners. Nice. Yeah. And so I guess I will mention a few things about this, which is on the surface, all of these look kind of super ugly, mm-hmm. except I like them. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're I am very partial to the baseball look of the different colored sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you know me personally, you know that I wear a number of like quote unquote baseball tees that have that like two tone thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are uniforms of the past that have different colored sleeves mm-hmm. that are like intentional. And I think I, I love, I think they look really good. All of the hats, um, for these players weekend things have the different colored bill, which mm-hmm. again, as I mentioned, love it. The problem with the Mariners in particular is the colors scheme that they chose was like too close Not to quite contrasting itself. Enough. Yeah, where it doesn't. I didn't contrast. even know they had different colored bills and hat tops until you pointed that out. I was like, uh-huh. oh yeah, they are. They um, are different colors. Huh. Yeah, exactly. And even the sleeves, and the... the the writing and the sleeves and the like teal of the jersey, all of it is kind of just like this weird blur. Yep. And they also used. Uh, clear like white outline on it that doesn't really help like it makes for some reason right like you think the mariners across the chest in like Mm -hmm. two very similar colors would be hard to read Mm -hmm. um and you think oh okay putting uh trim on that would make it a little easier to read i feel like it does the opposite it makes Mm -hmm. it even harder to read because Mm -hmm. now they're like all the like little lines that your brain is trying to figure out Mm -hmm. while seeing like these colors that don't make sense right um i don't know and then yeah the back like the numbers almost look a little silvery um yeah i don't know i don't know if that's just like a problem with the lighting and like that Mm -hmm. photo or if that's if they really have that like metallic kind of sheen to them Mm -hmm. one thing they did with all of the uniforms for this was instead of putting the player's last name on the back of the jersey they put the Oh. Nicknames on the back. So annoying. Um, which is, yeah, it's stupid. But, whatever. I don't like yeah. it, but you know. Um, is what it is. Yeah. The 2019 season players' weekend uniforms were also terrible, and all of them were exemplary of this thing that I'm talking about, because 50% of the teams wore all-white uniforms, and 50% of the teams wore all-black. Ooh. And, like... By all white and all black, I'm like I mean it. Like the wording and everything on the uniforms was monochrome. Um, was there any outline at all? Th- was it like purposeful? Like you can't. Read it was this? there was barely an outline. Like there there was some highlight, but it was mm. it, it was very similar to the Kansas jerseys that you talked about um, gotcha. a little while ago. Yep. But I figured I'll bring something slightly different to the table with these ugly Mariners uniforms. Yeah, um, yeah it's 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 a, a good word. Although I do like this guy's glove. It's, it's a, that's true, yeah. It's, it's a pretty uh, uh, rocking glove there. It reminds me of Pedro Martinez agreed. back in the day. With his red glove for the Red Sox, blue glove for the Dodgers. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I remember I David Freeze. I believe it was David Freeze. Um, his nickname on the back of his jersey was Dave Human because he had a friend who had a dog. His name was Dave. And like that, like, of... Like, wow, fun. But just, like, put your last name in. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's so dumb. I don't know. <laughs> so there you go. Well, players, we can forget about this. 
Yeah, some of these actually look like super good. Yeah. Like the Mets, I love that. The Twins, I'm a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mar- Mariners doesn't work out. Doesn't work out. Yeah. Let's see it. Okay. So, I was honestly wondering how many podcasts it would take for this to happen. But, I must say, I, I had to choose this because um, this is like the one sport or one league in which I am so happy that I think my clearly favorite team wears my clearly favorite jerseys. Hey! The Oakland Athletics! Let's go! Let's go! Okay. However, I did... Nice. I I was intentional about... So, I agree with you. They have the best best current uniforms in the league, and that goes for all the uniforms. So, they're home whites, they're road grays, then they have this green alternate, Yep. they have a gold alternate, and then they have a Kelly green alternate that just debuted, I think, last year. Yes. That's a script Oakland on the front, which they yes. won in the playoff game this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as big of a fan of the Kelly green alternate. Oh, yeah. But still across the board, the yeah. fantastic uniforms. Anyway, um, carry on. Yeah. I'm a pretty big fan of it. And it's, like, super popular among Oakland fans. Like, they love it, it is, yes. It's a throwback to, you know, an earlier. Yes. I, 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 I give it points for that, too. Right. Like, anything that's that the fans love... Because of it's like a classic throwback thing, right. I I have a soft spot for. Um, yeah, cool, cool. So so yeah, so this I did, however, focus just on this specific combination because okay. baseball. I feel like baseball is the original football in um, <laughs> in the sense, maybe if it's even it's still more robust than football in the sense that you can have you know umpteen combinations uh-huh. uh, because you know traditionally you have road and home yeah. caps and pants and jerseys and now you have alternate jerseys and now you can put them all together in all these different combinations uh-huh. so this specific one so I like all the jerseys like all the looks this green jersey that debuted in 2014 I believe replaced the one they used to have a green jersey that had the script athletics in gold yes and they replaced it with this. They mm-hmm. had a pre-existing gold jersey, which they still have, and this is basically just the green version of that. Yeah. Um, this is probably my favorite one of the bunch. Um, really like, really like the piping, like the outline of the buttons and around the um, sleeves. Oh yeah. Like the A's logo. I love the fact that it's white and outlined in gold. Yep. I feel like if it were just gold, it would be a little, a little too much for the eyes. Yep. Um, which was what they had back in the day. So these these exactly. jerseys kind of echo. Um, uh, jerseys from back in the day from many different eras in Oakland history. Uh-huh. But I really like this take on it. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it, it just works in a lot of ways. For all the reasons you mentioned, I agree. Um, I think it looks best with white pants. So it shows all worn at home with white pants. Um, I give a slight nod over the gray pants. Um, mm-hmm. Really, uh, I agree. Had to, had to choose this picture because the socks. You, you hit the nail on the head there. Love the socks. Um, and I was purposeful to not only include this. I, I kind of want to say that now all their batting helmets are just that. So regardless of what caps they wear, it's yeah. just batting helmets. However, I wanted to include this picture. Uh-huh. And actually this one as well, because you have all these mock-ups now online. Yeah. It's super grainy. Mm-hmm. Um, is that they're wearing the cap that's the gold um, bill and the green crown or whatever you call it. Yes. Because at with these jerseys that debuted in 2014 and i will say even back in 2014 they had this like video like woohoo new jerseys uh-huh. what they didn't release a video for and it seems that they didn't make such a big brouhaha about was their road caps which you pointed out that has the gold outline in the white logo mm-hmm. not as big of a fan of those caps what they replaced was the road cap that had the gold a the gold logo and the green bill and the green back uh-huh. um and so they decided basically just to make the logo white instead of gold. 
make it an outline. Yeah. I think it works perfectly on these jerseys. I think it doesn't work as well in the caps because the logo is so much smaller. Um, it just, I don't know, to, to me it kind of looks kind of, you can't even tell what's really going on behind the A. It's like this like shiny look, like almost like glowing A, hmm. which is okay, but I much prefer, I think, the gold, um, the gold A for their road caps. They brought it back for one season. So in 2017, they brought back the, the gold A. Then they did away with it again. So the last two years, okay. they've they've had the current road caps. However, um, any road cap, they've had a few different iterations through the years, are second to this one. Uh, this is definitely the best cap out of the bunch. So anyway, yeah. this is my this is my favorite uh, uh, Oakland Athletics uniform combination mm-hmm. right here. Beautiful. Yeah, there's a little mock-up. Wow. Great. So it happens. Well, it happened. Yeah. Needless to say, yeah, I agree with your opinion on that one. <laughs> brother like brother. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So. Recently, a little yes. backstory to this one. Okay, there have been because uh, you know there's no sports report on the paper. We have these this day in sports history and this day in baseball history. Correct. So I learned that Babe Ruth played for the Boston Braves for a while. It's like oh, oh I didn't realize this. I uh-huh. knew he played for the Red Sox and the um, um, Yankees, of course. And then I mentioned this to Dad. It's like oh Baby yeah, Ruth. Baby Ruth. You never heard of Sultan of Swat, the Titan of Terror. Colossus of clout? The Colossus of clout. The king of crash, man. Yeah, so I said, like, oh, Dad, I didn't know that Babe Ruth played for the Boston Braves. Like, oh, yeah, right at the end of his career. So I looked this up, and yeah, yeah, he plays for the Boston Braves for one season. Not even a full season. That's the 1935 season. It's only, like, the first... I think his last game was in May. He went 4-4 four four oh, wow. against the Pirates, hit three home runs, hit one <laughs> completely out of the park. I think he's the last person for field to hit one completely out of the park. Dude. I think he was 40 years old at the time. Wow. And he retired after that. He was terrible that year. I think his average was like 181. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, uh, and it, it wasn't right after that game because they tried to convince him to retire after the game, game and he was like, nah, give me a few more series. But um, anyway, didn't play the full season. So as I'm looking uh-huh. up this, you know, of course on Wikipedia, there's this picture of Babe Ruth. I'm like, about that, like about the uniform you're wearing right now. <laughs> So I do some more research uh, into this. I'm, I'm, I'm really into my, my uniform research here. And yep. we have this book that is awesome. And uh, the, the illustrations of this book were, are now put on the Baseball Hall of Fame's website. So there's an amazing database of all these uniforms going all the way through the 1994 season. Yes. Which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so it really allows you to see you know, changes through the years. And mm-hmm. the baseball websites continue this to the present day. They, own, they don't include alternates, so it's only home and road. Correct. Yep. Um, but love that resource. So as I'm going through this book, I'm, I'm realizing that, that the Boston Braves had what I would consider a little bit of a uniform issue um, in the years immediately prior to and then including Babe Ruth. So here we go. Uh, we'll start the story in 1929 when okay. not all teams in the major leagues, I'm, I'm going, going back here, not all teams in the major leagues had numbers in the back of their jerseys. In fact, the Boston Braves did not. So they decided huh. it would be a good idea to put this brave head logo smack dab in the back of their jerseys. I guess at the time it wasn't, it maybe didn't look as bad to 1929 eyes as it looks to my 2020 eyes, but I'm thinking like it would look so much better if there was just nothing there. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, like that, that does not seem to be a good idea. Um, all, further <laughs> evidence by the fact that I don't think anyone else, to my knowledge, in the major leagues were doing this at the time. Uh-huh. The Detroit Tigers might have done it like two years prior. Uh, I think there was one other team. But anyway, this was not a thing. Uh, so, so there's that. Okay. But to really get the full effect, I think you have to look at the front of these jerseys. So I'm using a lot from his website here and, um, yeah. So the word Braves 
takes you a second to realize like what that's saying here because right smack dab between the A and the V right in the middle of the word is again this brave head logo. Right? Exactly. So apart from the fact by the way, this would never fly today, like having oh, yeah, no. in the back of your uniform, like super um, you know I don't know the word is stereotypical, like not um uh yeah, can't think of the word. But but would not fly, right? There um, yeah, they're they're it's problematic. Yeah. But apart from that, even if it was something like, you know, some completely non controversial logo, uh it's just not good in the back of their, the jersey, but right in the middle of the word. <laughs> and so the, when I when I saw this, I thought, oh my gosh, Dave Smalldone, my, um, uh, what you call? Advisor? Uh, yeah, thank you. Advisor. Words. Shouts out to Davey Smalls. Davey Smalls, he's the man. Um, who I'm sure is listening to this podcast, huge sports fan, not. But even Dave Smalldown, <laughs> um, like the, the complete opposite of a sports fan, I think would look at this jersey and say, wow. That is interpretively very bad. Okay, so Dave Smaldone interpret- interpretation, um, non-formal education, informal education, you could say, which is really based in communication, which is re- which is communication really, which is based in psychology. His undergrad is in psychology, and I love learning about the psychology of teaching and uh, communication in general. And he would say this is awful because it takes your brain a second to realize what's going on here. And one fundamental um, fundamental truth of psychology of communication is you wanted to make it as easy as possible on the person you're trying to communicate with your message. And this is not very clear, right? It takes you, <laughs> even if it's, it's kind of subconsciously, it, it takes your brain a second to realize, Oh wait, that says Braves. Um, because there's this logo right in the middle of the word. Like there's a reason we don't break up words here. Um, yep. So yeah, I, 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 I just see Dave Smalls, Davey Smalls saying like, wow, that, that is interpretively very bad, bad interpretive decision. Um, also in 1930, they add this patch to the sleeves, which appears to be a pilgrim hat. I was hat. noticing that. Okay. So my first thought here is a pilgrim hat? You're the Boston Braves, not the Boston Pilgrims. I mean, I get there's an association there with like the first Thanksgiving, but I mean like the Rays don't have a starfish. <laughs> on their jerseys like the blue jays don't have a crow on the like that doesn't make sense the patriots so, don't have the uh british the redcoats also exactly <laughs> yes like i get this there's association but what's the deal so i actually looked this up and after reading the story i'm like oh okay the, 1930 was the tricentennial of boston and they put that patch on their jerseys to celebrate boston's tricentennial huh. it's like oh okay that's that's kind of cool yeah. Um, I'll, I'll fly with that. Uh, of course, um, Bravehead still a problem. Mm-hmm. Stereotypical there. However, might I say, yes. while we're looking at this, mm-hmm. I like the color scheme and everything of this. Yes! I think if it if it didn't have the insensitive logo mm-hmm. and the terrible logo placement, mm-hmm. I think this would be cool. Yeah. I'm a fan. But, they, you know. What stuck out to me is that they, they, have, the point. Right, they have red and gold. Yeah. And I thought, huh, you know, the current football team in Washington was in Boston, and it was a thing for t- baseball and football ah. teams to have same logo, same nickname, same, same color. Ah. Maybe not same logo. But I was wondering if this maybe was tied to that. Interesting. However, before this time, they had the blue and red. They went to this for a while, and then, as you'll see, went back to blue and red the in 1931. Mm-hmm. So this is when they put the um, numbers in the back of the jersey inexplicably as if you can't make this any worse moved 
the arc braze, which I think is in a pretty good placement here, up to yep. the jersey. So now it's like uh-huh. right, you know, under there, like jugular. I'm like, again, why? Um, Still that, with the logo in the middle. Yep, insensitive logo in the middle and move to the sleeve now because the number is on the back of the jersey at this point. Yep. Um, okay, so, so, so just me think things can't get any worse. So here is the Babe Ruth season. Okay. So here, I think the uniforms, apart from the, the logo problems, have, impr- have improved, I think, a little bit. Like, I like this look. Uh-huh. Um, I think it looks like the current Braves to, to a certain extent. Um, it doesn't look like it, but it, it's similar to the current Braves. But you can see the connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's Babe Ruth. But, but now I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, wait, look at this V. Here it is again. Here's the colorized version. Uh-huh. Compared to this V, it looks like they've, they've tightened it up a little bit. Okay, so now it appears that the jersey says bra, yes. Okay, which is a problem. Okay, yep. that's a problem. Um, it conjures like two images in my mind. One, that like all the players are, you know, wearing something under their uniform that just doesn't seem to check out, um, which is just a hilarious image. Number two is that maybe this is like a shout out to um, these like party bro like, surfer dudes in Boston at the time. Like, dude, you want to have, like, have a rager tonight and then go surfing tomorrow? Brah, yes, man. Oh, yes, brah. Brah. <laughs> all, those, <laughs> all those surfer dudes in Boston. All those crazy 1930s Boston surfers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Some really quality dudes. So, so yeah, that's I see that as, as, as an um, interpretive error on the part of the Boston. You don't say. Boston Braves. Okay. The, bra, the Boston bra, yes. The Boston bra, yes. Um, yes, bra. After this, Gnarly. oh well, I'm, I'm sure Babe, Babe Ruth was thinking about that when he put on this jersey. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think that 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 was really the kicker. I think so, Babe Ruth yeah, sounded like that. The, the, that was his, uh, his typical tone. Yeah, <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. That, that's what I'm sure drew him to to play for the Boston Braves in his final season in the major leagues. Bra. Um, luckily, after this, they they did away with this. I think maybe even in the very next season, um, changed their name to the Boston Bees. Went blue and gold. Fun fact. After Ooh. World War Two, I guess thought the bees wasn't so good. Went back to Boston Braves. Went back to this color scheme, and then uh, moved to Milwaukee and the, the whole nine yards. But uh, yeah, yeah, the the old uh, Babe Ruth. And and it's interesting that there were so many pictures of these uniforms, um, especially this season in particular, just because of Babe Ruth was was uh, photographed so much. These other. Yeah. The reason I included some of these is just you can't find pictures of these online. I don't know where this guy found all his, all his pictures. Um, this is one of the few, I think. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. The, the Boston Bra, yes. Wow. I, I've learned now. That's an yeah. uh, interesting yeah. bit of baseball history there. Going back to... Well, thank you, you yeah. Getting in the old time uh, machine there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do like, if it weren't for the way the V is so smushed in that yeah i like the i think that's a cool um font mm-hmm. it's just that they did too much of the trying to make it cool that it's illegible right great well there we go what are we throwing in the penalty box all right this week john who's in the box i speaking of old-time baseball i'm throwing in the penalty box um the the modern trend in the philosophy of the tree the three wow i can't speak anymore the three true outcomes um 
It's a two-two outcomes there, but they're uh, oh god. I'm never gonna try that Irish accent again. Um, I enjoyed it. The three true outcomes batting philosophy, mm. Mm. which is so, which is this idea that has become more and more prevalent in um, recent years with like all of this statistical advances and stuff, which in general I think are good, but. Yeah, again, this batting philosophy that of any at-bat, there are only three quote-unquote true outcomes, which are striking out, true, getting a walk, true, or hitting a home run. True. That's it. Anything else? False, false outcome. False outcome. <laughs> um, and this, I think, is, is a big... It kinda, it's kind of correlated with your down downturn, the... like lessening in popularity of small ball mm-hmm. of stealing bases mm-hmm. of interesting things of bunting of any sort um strategy this was yeah exactly. i was watching um it was on a couple weeks ago even this is from the mid to late 90s mm-hmm. there was, was the mariners and the yankees were playing in the mm-hmm. alds and like mm-hmm. game five was just on tv I remember that um, Mariners had the best record in Major League Baseball uh, history. Yeah, won 106 games in the regular season. I, I think. think it was one or two seasons before then. It was, yeah. it was right. It was right around that era, but I, I don't think it was that specific season. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Mariners were good though back then. Like, yeah, it was, it was. I think it was Don Mattingly. Don the Don Mattingly's last year as a player. Huh. Um, is what Dad was saying because we were watching and he was up at bat. But like, right. yeah, like people got up there and they like tried to bunt their way on base and were like doing like whoa, wow wait a bunt what's that dude. And then, like, sacrificed the guy over to the next, and like, oh, cool. And, like, tried to steal a base. And, like, this is this is entertaining people, to watch. People it's to not, steal bases. yeah, like, like the common critique on baseball, um, I, I feel like baseball maybe has a reputation among some people as, like, boring. Mm-hmm. And I think a big thing that goes into that is that people are like, oh, well, nothing happens. Everyone's just, like, standing around and you're just watching one guy throw to the other guy and then maybe occasionally they'll make contact with it. Mm-hmm. Um but, like, back in the day, once you got on base, like, things were happening. Yeah. And it sounds like, from me speaking to you about college baseball, it sounds like, particularly WVU, Shout out their Randy philosophy, Maisie. yeah, is more like that. Get on base, which, you runners. Which, if, if there were college baseball right now, I would totally want to be watching that right now based on that recommendation. It's exciting. Because yeah. it's interesting. It's, oh, yeah. it's like, entertaining. Um, and I think that is a big thing about sports. Like, I watch it to enjoy like yes i want my team to win and i want um them to be like as good as they can be mm-hmm. but i also want to enjoy it during that like process like like it's it's not good enough just to win like if you win but everything is so 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 boring and mm-hmm. be that kind of yeah <laughs> thank you um but anyway I, I don't know i just can't stand it and like i hear you i, I, I pulled up some stats about it which is, so, um, for strikeouts, each of the past 12 seasons has been a new record in terms of the total number of strikeouts seen in Major League Baseball. Wow, that's unbelievable. That means starting in 2008, so previously the record was in 2001, there were 32,404 strikeouts hmm. in the Major Leagues. Right at the peak of, like, roids. Yeah, exactly. People were trying to jump um, numbers all the time. Yeah, like, yep. Check um, out. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds. Yeah, exactly. And then 2008, um, that record was broken. 
and every consecutive year, the record of the previous year has been broken. Wow. Until last year, the record was broken, like, I think... I'm not even sure if it was in September. It may have been before September. It was probably... It might have been in September. I don't know. It was broken um, with greater than 41,208 strikeouts. Wow. And what was the number in 2001? 32,404. Wow. So, over the span of 12 years, the number of strikeouts has risen by almost 10,000, which is, yeah, like 30-some percent based on... I, I don't know. I can't do math. It, it depends on whether it's relative to the 2001 number or the Yeah, yeah. So it's new minus old number. divided by old. Right. Okay, yeah. So, so the difference is like 10,000-ish out of like 33,000. Yeah, so like... So about a third. A, cur- a quarter. Between a quarter and a third. Yeah. Anyway, that's insane. That is Also, I didn't realize that. 2019's had the record for the greatest number of home runs with 6,776 home runs. And then two years ago, um, in 2017, the previous record was set at 6,105. The Orioles set a record for the most home runs given up by a team. Uh, That one was definitely before September. It was in, like, August they gave up (laughs) that many home runs. I saw three of them, I think, when they played the Yankees. Now it's through, like, three innings, (laughs) and we left. Yeah. Um, And, you know, juice ball or not, which I think there's some evidence for that. But anyway, um, juice ball or not, the, the approach... And that, like, style of play, I can't stand it. I don't like it. Um, it's less entertaining to me and is taking me away from baseball. I really, 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 really hope the shift and this, like, defensive um, measures, which you would think would push people to do the other thing. Like, if you're leaving one side of the infield completely open, like, hopefully some team's going to adapt and be like, we can get on base so frequently because they keep doing this. Let's do that and play small ball and make turn that into a winning strategy. Um, and then things could be like interesting again. But yeah, I don't know. One of my favorite plays to watch ever is the Suicide Squeeze, mm. which I saw happen once in like 2012 or 2011, which was one of the first couple of years I started following baseball. Mm. And I have not seen it since. Well, and I'm a relatively avid follower of baseball. Um, yeah. So that's kind of sad. Well, so um, three true outcomes. Throw it in the penalty box. Get in the box. Get in the box. Wow. I, I, I don't have uh, anything that robust to follow up. That was maybe your best penalty box so far. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I think maybe, um, to draw an analogy, it's probably the equivalent for me of like your um, strong beliefs on the NCAA freedom, freedom, of, freedom of movement rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I think this this is my my uh, counter to that. Circuit so forward, circuit yeah, forward, exactly. nice. So, um, but well, yeah, what, what, what do you got? So What you got? Show me what you got. So, um, hard to follow that up, like I said, but uh, I will say that, I will say this, that um, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw the major leagues in the penalty box uh, once again. Uh, for the uh, for this reason, their treatment of the minor leagues. Mm. So, mm. first of all, I did not realize that minor league players are paid at pittance. Like it's really, um, if you did, they're not paid like this. But if you did the math and and um, and, and equivalized it, equivalized, I'm making up words here, and and drew the equivalent to an hourly wage, it, it checks out. It works. Okay, thank you. You know what I mean, right? I do. Um, they would be making less than the minimum wage playing minor league baseball um, during 
spring training, minor league players, which I don't even know how this works out because I don't even know if, you know, if these major league teams know whether they're going to be on the major league roster or not. But somehow minor league players aren't even paid. They're paid per diem per day, uh, which, is, which is crazy. And now you have major leagues cutting all these minor league teams and, yeah, exactly. And they're making them, themselves out to be like, oh, better treatment for minor league players. Now we'll be able to pay them more. They're like hiding behind this guise of, oh, we're, we're helping these teams. Whereas what you're doing is you're taking away these organizations, which you know, maybe this is a, a conversation for another day. It might not be that all these organizations are necessarily going away. But um, you are potentially creating all this... Um, heartache for these communities that have had these minor league teams before that uh, I've, I've loved growing up going to Hagerstown Suns baseball games make it to a few every year uh-huh. dad would take us over there the hour or so over to Hagerstown super super cool situation I, I know that's so true for so many other uh, baseball fans young baseball fans growing up and to take that away from people and use this uh, it seems like a cover almost to make this argument like oh now I'll be able to pay, play, pay players more you know I hope they are able to pay players more, but there are so many other ways they could have done that. I mean, even without cutting any minor league, te- the, the major leagues has the highest p- average payroll of any of the major leagues. Like, yes, exactly. They they could have they could afford and they own all the minor league teams, so like yeah, they could afford to pay their players a little more. Yes, they don't need to take these organizations away from communities in order to do that. Uh, so yeah. there's no salary cap. The like baseball, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, pay more. Uh-huh. Um, so, because of and and you just have this wage gap now because like a major league player makes you know just this unbelievable amount and then yeah, a minor exactly. league player to pay them below minimum wage when you're paying the major league player that much uh-huh. um, is is really hard to hard to fathom. So I guess yeah, I'm throwing the major leagues in the penalty box for one their uh, pay of minor league players. But then, two, and maybe even more importantly, big picture, they're cutting minor league teams and saying that this is something that's actually going to help yeah, minor league players. Trying to present it as a good thing. Exactly. Yeah. Penalty box, major yep. leagues. Yep, get in the box. I think that's deserving for sure. Yeah. Well, thank it's you. almost like, right, like what we were talking about earlier with the arbitration rules, like eligibility and stuff, mm-hmm. um, which, like, the fact that I have to go through and explain it and it's this whole weird process, I think that highlights exactly what you're talking about is, like, this very rough treatment of everyone who is not the highest level players. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Because you have this system, you get paid very low salaries for years. You have to accrue years of service time to be able to enter this arbitration where you like potentially argue with um, your team in like court more or less. Um, about whether you should be paid a higher number or not, and then someone or someone decides like typically it's settled beforehand and you like agree to terms for a contract. Mm-hmm. But regardless, um, but like it takes I think it's like two or three years of service time before you get to arbitration eligibility, mm-hmm. and until you get to that point, you're not getting paid much at all. Um, mm-hmm. And so like the the thing that the like point to like oh okay like the, don't worry about that it's not a big deal is that once you reach that point players typically get paid a lot of money mm-hmm. but that completely disregards everyone who doesn't reach that point right which is a very significant like population mm-hmm. of baseball players um, and they're just kind of left out to dry in the system so kind of like those are sportcasters 
her dad talking about uh, Tom O'Rourke. And I remember asking him, like, how much does a sportcaster make? And he's like, well, probably the ones you see on ESPN, you know, they, they, they can afford to you know, feed the families pretty well. But he said, like, you know, like Tom O'Rourke, some of these local guys, like anyone else who's not on ESPN probably makes pretty darn little. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not even their main, like, occupation. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the side thing. Yep. Me and Terrasante. Indeed. Well, should we call it an episode? Well, there it was. I think we should. Um, that it was, was an episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Great. In unison. In sync. Did you know that we're related? Oh. Oh, I think I think I heard that one time. I think I read wow. it on the box. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I'll, I'll trust the box. Indeed. Indeed. Cornflakes, I think. <laughs> Sweet. Anyway, well, you know, um, everyone out there listening, go get yourself some cornflakes. Jack White. I'm looking at you, buddy. Um, friend of the number show. Number four, man. Number yeah, four. Yeah, number four. Um, everyone else out there listening, um, if you want to tweet at Jack White or tell <laughs> the world. Jack White. Um, yes, tell the world that we are now legit. We have reached episode number four. You know, Please do so. We'd be happy to um, see you guys share. Or like, think you can leave a review or like things. I don't know. Whatever it is you can like do, this podcast, positive feedback, let us know. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, once again, our you know thoughts and prayers go out to everyone as we continue to deal with this uh, global pandemic. Stay strong, and, world. And yeah, hopefully this, this was an enjoyable piece of the day for you. Um, so with me. that, stay classy, Frostbird.